Time now to talk with former Masters champion Mike Weir. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4. With a new line of service, visit the local Sprint store near you. Mike, good morning. Morning, DJ. DK, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm still basking in the glow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got I couldn't deal with a bit of a cold. It must have been all the stress playing with you the other day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he was just running around, putting bets on every green, just driving you nuts, right. wasn't he? The stress of trying to right. find my ball off the tee. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were you're straight. You're accurate for sure. It's that nice old fade, you know, kind of spread couples like this you know where it's going. Oh, sweet. Fred Couples like. You'll take that. Keep talking, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so people people are probably curious because PK's uh, playing 18 with you was the topic leading up to it, and he had he had the nerves. Could you tell he was nervous when he walked up? Because he said he was dying. Well, he, he said that when he walked up onto the range. That was one of the first things out of his mouth, and he didn't look nervous to me. So, you know, that's, that's what a good professional does. You think keeps it inside. Looks confident, and uh, I was watching him on the range. It looked good, so I, d- I didn't notice anything until he said something. So I just tried to make him relax, and he hit a great tee shot right off the first hole. Yeah, that that that, that triple on the first hole. After after the trip, I, I parred the second hole. I settled down a little bit, uh, hit a couple of grounders, uh, found my groove probably about the seventh hole. I think I was. Uh, I parred seven and eight. I bogeyed nine, and then in the, the next nine, I think I had six pars and three bogues. So I I kind of got it together a little bit. But I think a lot of that was because not so much me. It was because of you. Because after a while, you start walk. You know, you're playing with guys, and then it became oh, I'm playing with. Mike Weir, not Mike Weir, the champion of the Masters and the you know multi-winner on the PGA Tour and all that. So I think it was you who settled me down rather than myself because you were so easy to get along with. And you play and have played, and probably you couldn't even count them, in countless pro-ams and with amateurs all mm-hmm. through your life. What, what What is the response? Because really, man, I was I was in awe of watching you play golf. Yeah, I guess, you know, when I play the Pro-Ams, and I, I remember, you know, kind of even my first few times on the PGA Tour, how nervous I was if I got paired with uh, Fred Couples or, uh, um, you know, Greg Norman or something, how nervous I was. and Or, you know, me, myself, growing up a hockey fan, when I first got to play with Wayne Gretzky, how nervous I was, even though, you know, he's a hockey player, not a golfer, and he said he was nervous playing with me. So I get it that, the you know, that amateurs, they, they get nervous and, so my thing is just to try to – I always try to make them feel comfortable and calm down and know that, you know, just try to make it just a casual round with with, with buddies. And, you know, we played with uh, Doc Petron, who's, who I play a lot of golf with and who you know, PK. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's easy to play with, so I think – and my buddy Mike. So, you know, we just had a good group, and that's what I try to do in the pro-ams is just try to make people have a good time and feel comfortable and – not take it so serious. Sometimes you get in these in the pro ams, and the guys are are so jacked up they want to win the pro am, and they want to you know. And, and I get that, but uh, I think more importantly is have a good time, and you know the good scores will happen if you have a good time. So when you're playing golf now, Mike, and you know you're you're out there with somebody, and so you're chatting them up a little bit, but are you working on stuff still, oh, yeah, or do you just what are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now this is. There's not much for me to play in tournament-wise. I, I may get in a, in one or two in these um, fall events, <clears throat> um, but I'm I'm still not sure because my status is just a past champion status, so it's it's kind of a lower status. So I'm not sure if I'll get in some. So I probably um, I am playing the Australian Open before the Presidents Cup in in early December. So outside of that, that's the only one I know I'm playing in the rest of this year. So I've got a couple months here to kind of work on some things that I feel like. You know, there were some good things that happened this year, but you know, my short game really let me down a lot this year. So, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to spend more time on my short game, wedge game. You know, I'd, I'd struggled a while ball striking wise for a couple of years, and my driver wasn't I wasn't driving the ball very good, and you know, I've seemed to have gotten over the hump with that. And now it's, you know, so I did playing with PK the other day. I'm trying to get my wedges dialed in a little bit better, trying to pay attention to my my putting a little bit more, and 
certain little technique things I'm doing there with my coaches. So, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly working even when I'm out there playing a casual round. Um, but I still want to shoot a good score, so I'm not – I'm not overly technical, but I, I, uh, you know, there's some things I'm definitely paying attention to when I'm just playing a casual round. Yeah, I was really fascinated uh, by your short game because your stuff off the tee, you know, no matter how hard I try or I can get lessons from whomever, uh, I'm not going to be able to hit the ball 300 plus yards. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. That's not my game. But, you know, if I'm from within 100 yards, it's really not about strength at that point. It's about precision and technique and and how you play. So I was really zeroing in on what you were doing there. I was watching your pre-shot routine, and I was trying to study you to see what you can do. And then you were talking uh, talking about it a little bit as far as the ball flight and what you were looking to try to do, and you're trying to hit it lower. So I went out to Forestdale yesterday to do a little practice, and I was trying to think of what you were talking about when we were talking about afterward on your getting the flight a little lower on your chip shots, and I promptly just screamed it about 30 yards over. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Go ahead. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, wondering, you know, what what would be your advice to folks like myself and others who are in that position to to try to get better in that short game area? Because it's not about overpowering the ball at that point. No, and that yeah, that was really my point. You're, you're exactly right. I think most amateurs, you know, they're you know um, get out there and hit balls, and let's say they get to the, the range 15 minutes before their tee time, like most people do after work, and they want to get out on the course, and they go right to the range. Um, I always try to tell people, like, you're going to get the most gains out of your game is spending a little time around the green, you know, hitting some different chip shots, maybe hitting a bunker shot or two, and spending some time on putting because, you know, my brother's a perfect example. He hits the ball pretty good, and, you know, around the greens, he wastes, you know, he might duff a chip and chunk one and skull one over and I always tell them I'm like bro if you can just sharpen that up you're going to save 10 shots around it's not about so much spending time on the range it's it's just having a it's almost like having a go-to shot just finding your own standard shot whether that's you know putting the ball back in your stance a little bit so you know you're going to get clean contact every time so you just have a go-to shot if you have a tough lie you can just put it back in your stance and make clean contact so I think that's where most amateurs maybe go wrong a little bit is spend a little more time around the short game. That's where you're going to really, like you said, TK, you know, trying to hit a 300-yard drive, you're not going to get much return on your investment by spending all that time. What are you going to gain out of that? You might maybe be able to reach a par four that you didn't reach before in two. And, but if you, you, know, you might save a shot around where if you sharpen up your short game, you can save four, five, six, seven shots if you're yeah. sharp with that stuff and like you said it doesn't require power it just requires a little bit of practice and and technique and um yeah you you can save a lot of shots that way so you mentioned earlier about relaxing and getting out there and enjoying a round and then the good scores come is that good advice for amateurs is that good advice for pro like yourself or is that good advice for everybody who's picking up a club I think everybody. I think we, I mean, I know for myself, I, I get caught in that and taking it too serious and trying to be too perfect and trying to make sure everything is buttoned down, that you have all aspects of your game perfect. And so you, uh, you know, you spend so much time and, and trying to make it so perfect and you forget about the fun of it and, and the creativity of it. And I know for myself, when I get in that mode, if I could just take a deep breath and relax and just go, okay, I, I just want to see the picture of my ball flight here. If it's a right-to-left shot, I really want to see that, create that picture in my head. Then then the game starts being fun when you pull a shot off um, instead of being so focused on, you know, your left elbow or, you know, trying to swing it whatever way your, your coach tells you to do. You kind of get wrapped up, and then if it doesn't happen, the frustration begins, and then you're not having much fun. So I've always found that, you know, I – the pros that I've talked to too, and we talk about this kind of stuff, is that the more relaxed you are, you're always you know you're you're out there trying to shoot a good score, so you don't have to try extra hard. We're all out there trying to do our best, so the more fun you can have, I think uh, the better better scores are going to happen, pro or amateur. Okay, so what you're telling me, Mike, is relax, don't be uptight, and worry about every shot. And then if you hit a bad shot, don't worry about it for the next 17 shots. That sounds great, but I don't know that I can do it. 
<laughs> it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And I, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of not being very good at it sometimes. You know, I, especially early in my career, I was so fiery and, um, you know, it, it's a double-edged sword. I think, you know, you having some of that, um, you know, that fire is really good and motivates you. But, uh, if you let it linger and carry on to the next hole and next hole, and then all of a sudden you have tension in your grip. There's a big, there's a, there's a little key for all the listeners is that Nicholas always talked about soft forearms. You know, you can have a firm grip, but if your forearms are really tight, you know, the, the club just doesn't swing very well. So my point is like when you're, when you're tight and you're mad at the last shot and you're carrying it, it's so easy to start gripping it tighter. And then there's tension in your forearms, tension in your shoulders. Your, your swing starts getting a little shorter because you're all, your muscles are all tight. So all those things start to happen if uh, you're a little bit, Eat off, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very that, much. That, <laughs> that explains the six hole. You're pretty good, PK. PK, you kept your composure. You're good. Inside, I was dying. You know, I I, <laughs> I knew for a week or so that I was going to be playing with you, so I pretty much told everybody that I knew that I was going to be playing with a Masters champion, and it was clearly, and it was, and I told you, and, I, and it was an honor to play with you. I didn't, I wasn't joking. It was really something special for me, and. The response I got, well, the the folks around here who follow golf, you know, oh yeah, that's cool. They don't they don't need uh, any introduction into who Mike Weir is, and even the 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 moderate golfer understands. Oh yeah, he 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 won the Masters, but but the casual golfer. Several people said to me, "Oh yeah, yeah, the smaller guy, the Canadian guy," and I and I talked to you about this the other day. You basically are carrying the mantle for the whole country of Canada when it comes to golf, and you you provided a little insight of what it's like when you're in Canada. I was wondering if you can repeat that to how much of I don't, I don't know if the burden is the right word, but just maybe responsibility as far as the country and Mike Weir. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, yeah, most guys on the on the PGA Tour they do they have their home their hometown, and when they when they play host host to their home city, <clears throat> they get big fan support. But yeah, I think um, when I was younger and a young pro, it was a bit of a burden. I I, I felt the weight of it, um, and I probably paid a little bit too much attention to that. And when I wasn't doing well and you know, the, obviously, you guys know the old story. You know, when you're doing great, you know, everybody's for you. And when you're not, you know, it seems to pile on sometimes. And when you're under the microscope and maybe when I was playing, well, I was kind of like the only guy out there from Canada. Now there's quite a few more, but I felt that. And um, I felt a lot of support, too, but I did feel the burden of it. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've grown to accept it and, and uh, embrace it more. And... Uh, I try to mentor some of the younger guys a little bit, and and uh, I've come to I've come to learn it, learn and accept that that that's part of the responsibility when you when you happen to uh, win a big tournament like that, and so it's yeah, it's it's a little bit different when I go home to Canada. It's a little bit busier, I guess, when I just go out and about. That's when I'm home in Utah. It's not quite so much. You know, the golf fan might say hello when I'm out at a grocery store or something, but. Um, it's a little bit different when I go home to Canada. So, Mike, what is your uh, plan going forward now? The senior tour uh, looming out there next spring. Is that something you want to do a yeah. little bit of, a lot of? Uh, I think a lot. You know, I'm, I'm really motivated. I'm excited about my game. I'm, I'm still uh, motivated to get up every morning and work hard at it. So I love to compete. And, I'm, you know, the great thing about professional golf is we have this almost secondary chapter that you can uh you can have a great career on you know bernard Langer's proven that you know he's won whatever 40 times in his 10 or 12 years that he's been on the champions tour so you can you can make quite a nice career from 50 on so um for those who want to stay competitive like myself and i've talked to ernie Ellis, he turns 50 next year he's going to play a lot i think jim Furyk will when he turns next year um so there's a nice crop of guys going in next year and um. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited about playing out there. So I'm. I'm planning on playing a lot. I turn 50 in May, and there's still quite a bit of the season left when I turn 50. So I'll. I'll still get in probably 15, 16 events next year out there. Well, we got to get DJ out there, Mike, so we can really have some fun. Well, let's get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm I eliminating you, you the tightness you. from my forearms. That's. 
I'm, okay, I'm eliminating the tightness from my forearms. That's the first thing. <laughs> while you were, uh, while you two were golfing uh, at at Hidden Valley, I was across the valley at a public course, committing several crimes against the sport of golf. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I told PK about the round, and he was trying to be polite, but he was trying not to burst out laughing. I was so atrocious <laughs> the first four holes, and the only reason it got better the last five, and I was able to play bogey golf, which for me is everything. It's yep. because I quit caring about the score. It was such a disaster, the first four holes. So, there you go. All right, we'll keep you updated. Goes to, goes to show you. I don't want to commit okay. any crimes against golf in front of you, Mike. That's really the, the bottom line. <laughs> well, well, we'll go to the range first. We'll spend a little time, yeah. and then we'll get, I'll get you dialed in. <laughs> yeah, he'll help you, man. He gave me a little tip, and I was making fun of my uh, – Pitching yesterday, but my drives. I went with Jake Scott. My drives were way better. Yeah, because uh, he gave you a tip. Yeah, absolutely, right, man. He he can help your game, and I want to be there to witness it. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> he wants to help. You want to witness. That's the difference between the two of you. All right, Mike. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. No problem, guys. That was Mike Grew with DJ and PK. This segment brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Beginning every great trip at Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, and fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water. Plus, no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. More in a moment. This is DJ and PK right here on the Zone Sports Network. and 1280 The Zone. We are coming to you live this morning from the Hidden Valley Country Club, Gail Miller's Leadership Cup to benefit Salt Lake Community College, and we are having some technical difficulties, unfortunately. But PK and I are here. PK, how's it going, big guy? (laughs) PK PK's getting approached by the masses. (laughs) PK's a rock star. He can't help himself. (laughs) PK, can you stop signing autographs? You don't have a radio headset on, so people don't know to stay away from you. Could you straighten out your string, the tinfoil and the, the aluminum cup? I'm holding it to my ear, and it's a little off right now. So Yeah, I know. Don't. I know. Technically, this is less than spectacular, but uh, we need to get on the air despite the technical difficulties for a few minutes. Um, not so much to break down Utah State and Stony Brook or Utah and Northern Illinois, but uh, as we struggle with the technical stuff, uh, we do need to spend a few minutes on BYU and Tennessee because that that was spectacular, PK. Yeah, I mean, they were left for dead, obviously. That was a great, great win. I felt it was a must win. I felt that they needed to find a way to win, and they were in the ball game. They were shooting themselves in the foot. Things were happening. You know, a tip pass gets to be a touchdown. They're driving the ball, and I know a lot of people had angst on that third and one when Zach Wilson decided to throw, well, I have been in deep discussions with guys at BYU over the last day plus, and and Tyson Williams was a little loopy at the time, so Zach did what he thought was best, and then they they had to punt the ball and all that stuff. But they hung tough. They made a play. Somehow Micah Simon got deep. And when things go bad, they go bad, and that's what Tennessee had. They They let Simon go deep. And then he gets into field goal rounds. And it's Jake Olroyd, man. He might be, and I know they've had some good kickers over the years, but this kid uh, might have the best leg we've ever seen out of all these kickers. And they came through, and they made a stop on defense. And then offensively, my gosh, they had so much momentum and so much adrenaline. And Tyson Williams was like a tractor, man, just clearing path in front of them. It was so cool to see. And they got that win. And, And they celebrated wildly, as they should. And now, you know, they're going to be able to learn from what they did last year of the Wisconsin because then they laid some eggs afterward. SC, man, SC looked like SC of old in the throw game. This Clovis kid is a freshman, so that's a huge game this week. Washington next week looks vulnerable after seeing, I don't know how many people saw it. I stayed up and fell asleep three times, and it ended like 2 in the morning, literally, literally ended 2 in the morning because they had the weather delay. And uh, so I never bought that, that BYU was just – a, a trash football program this year. I mean, they got that win. It was just gigantic, and then that can really propel them. We'll see into a decent season. We, you and I both said, and we had on Riley Nelson too. We'll have him on again on Wednesday. That if they want any shot of an eight-win season, they had to win Saturday, and they did. It was a great, great opportunity for them. This is what they do. We're just talking about it off the air. 
They don't necessarily well, playing all these power fives. They don't they don't usually clean up on power fives, but they usually don't lose all the games against power five. Go back a couple of years when they were awful, they did, but that was the worst season they've ever had in however many years, fifty years. Other than that, I think they're on target from where they need to be. Utah's a better program than them. And we'll see if SC is right now. Obviously, historically it has been, but we'll see if they are. And then Washington, and, and then maybe they get into a little more manageable games on their schedule. So the uh, I think in that uh, BYU win, there are a couple things we ought to point out that happened earlier in the game that I thought were huge plays. Uh, you know, BYU in the first half couldn't get much going offensively. They're down 13-3 at the break. And I thought that interception in the third quarter by Kavika Fanu, that was just a massive play. Not only did it give the offense a short field and a touchdown and get them back in the game at 13-10, but also Tennessee's passing game, I mean, it was like it was, like it was over. They were done. And they threw the ball pretty well in the first half. And in the second half, and the broadcasters talking about not stop. They didn't want to throw. When they did, they didn't throw it effectively, which made them want to not want to throw it more. It felt like in one play, that one pick, Tennessee's whole passing game died, and they got one-dimensional. And it was funny, Kyle Whittingham was just talking about what happens when you get a team one-dimensional and how, what you can do defensively. And, of course, obviously, you know, Kalani learned a lot coaching for Kyle, and you know he believes all the same stuff and reacts the same way. And once they got Tennessee one-dimensional, Tennessee's offense was done. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable how that one play just changed everything. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that when you're in the situation of Tennessee, and maybe even BYU to an extent, but more so Tennessee, because Tennessee lost to Georgia State, uh, BYU lost to potentially a top-10 team, uh, and I think this week they'll probably get into the top-10. So losing to Utah, uh, I mean, it's frustrating from a BYU perspective, but it's not like it's full of shame, whereas losing to Georgia Tech is full of shame, and you had a lousy season last year, and the year before wasn't any better. It was even worse. So my point is, Tennessee ends up with a ton of doubt. And once that pick came in, it's like, all right, all this doubt that they had, maybe under the surface for a layer or two, came rising to the top. Whereas BYU, they needed some, they needed some momentum, and they got it on that play. And I think they were the better team, and they're not coming from as much of a point of desperation. They believe in themselves more and Tennessee believes in themselves. And you could see the air go out of those guys at that point. And I don't think they had a really good passing game anyway to where they can just rebound. They don't have enough talent to where they can handle a few turnovers and be okay, speaking from Tennessee's perspective, offensively. So, yeah, I would agree that that changed the momentum. And they found ways, BYU did, to, to stay in the ball game and give themselves life. And then I, I think clearly – this Tyson Williams, and I, I said this in the preseason, and, and, and it wasn't me who said it. I did say it, but, but I was given the information that the closer he gets to 100 yards rushing, the more, the better, however you want to phrase it, the chances for BYU winning go up. You know, they wanted to have that opportunity against Utah, but they never they didn't possess the ball enough in the second half and right. they were trailing, so it didn't work. And here, even though they were trailing – it wasn't like they were down two, three scores. There wasn't that feeling of desperation. So they stuck with it, stuck with it. And then I also think that this, you, you need a, a moment, uh, how, how can I say it, a, not necessarily a signature moment, but when you're a young guy who hasn't really proven anything, you need to prove something. And I think Zach Wilson proved something on Saturday night. And so now he should have a whole lot of confidence going forward. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are broadcasting uh, live from the Hidden Valley Country Club, having some technical issues here. It's Gail Miller's uh, leadership cut to benefit Salt Lake Community College, raise scholarship money, and uh, help send more people uh, to school and, in some cases, back to school. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to have more coming up. Uh, BYU is just a massive win over Tennessee. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So BYU gets it done in double overtime. They beat Tennessee. So dramatic. I want to take you back to the third quarter, though. Huge, huge play in this game. BYU's down 13-3. Tennessee's throwing the ball really well. Kavika Fanua gets an interception. There were three white jerseys. Uh, there was one Tennessee receiver. The ball should not have been thrown. Uh, the, the BYU defense was converging, and that pass was not going to get through. And it turned out Fanua was the guy who grabbed it and a good return down inside the 20. And from there, the short field got BYU a touchdown, made it 13-10, got him back in the game. Here's Kavika Fanua, who made a really big play. Because also after that, I thought Tennessee's passing game went in the dumper after that. Just they, they didn't do a thing. And they've been pretty effective throwing the ball in the first half. Here's Kavika Fanua. The interception you had, what? What did you see? Uh, just did my keys, what the coaches asked, and uh, just read the QB, looked where he was throwing, and I just happened to be there. So I just happened to get the pick. So. Was it nice to have that after what happened earlier with the tip ball? Yeah, I was a little frustrated on that. that I should have I had that one too, but unfortunately that didn't happen. But it was the same, same type of uh, keys and watching the quarterback. So... You're a guy who's been injured a lot. Does this win have any added significance now that you've had a pretty major role in it? Um, yeah, getting hurt sucks. Um, just getting back up and, and keep on going hard. Like Injuries happen, but it's all in the heart, really. So. What were your thoughts on the race? Dude, I was just—I was hoping we were, wouldn't run on the field too early. I was like, "Hey, everybody, get off!" And then they scored, so I was like, "I was happy for it." Talk about the overall defensive performance because they were running the ball really successfully, but there in the last five minutes of the game, and then you know in the overtime periods, you were able—I mean, they got the one touchdown in the overtime, but I mean, it just felt like the defense really swung the momentum. Yeah, I feel like. We really uh, keyed on everything that they were doing successful and what, what we were um, doing bad in. And we really um, listened to the coaches, what they said on halftime. And then towards the end, we really stuck it to them. And we all really came as a team and uh, as a defense and offense to stop them. So, Anything else? The pick was arguably the turning point of the game um, for BYU. What does it feel like to help catalyze this BYU victory at this first ever visit to Nalen Stadium in Knoxville? Um, it feels good. Um, really, it's just it's just his heart that um, anyone can make plays, and it just happened to be me. But um, it could be it could have been any one of the of our defenders, and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And um, I feel like that wasn't really the game changer, but it's just I, I really um, am happy for the offense too, and and switching their their game plan and get, being successful. So, all right, there's Kavika Fanua who made a big play. Here's another guy who made a big play. Micah Simon. <laughs> Holy cow. Micah Simon hauling in that long pass in the final 20 seconds to set BYU up in field goal position. Micah, uh, what happened? Uh, yeah, um, basically just four verts, you know, uh, third and long. We needed to get something down the field. Um, I was on the same side with uh, Bushman, and he's a really great tight end, so a lot of eyes, a lot of a lot of guys on their defense were looking at him, and I think they just kind of had a miss, mislapse in coverage, and uh, I got behind the guys, and Zach made a great pass. Did that play call have a specific name at all or anything like that? No, nah, something we, we've been working all, all year, and uh, just just happened at the right time for us. Did you... Uh, did you know the clock was ticking down? Maybe if you tried to score, it would have taken us through that. Yeah, so uh, I thought I was fast enough to just go score, but uh, they had some great athletes on their side of the ball that that, that tracked me down. Um, while I was running, I, I peeked up really, really quickly to look at the look at the time, 
and then uh, I looked behind me and there was a guy pretty close on me so I just wanted to secure the ball and then uh, just give 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 Jake the make a chance to, to tie tie it up and take us into overtime so once I once I saw there were still you know five five seconds left I knew that we were in a good uh, good position to spike the ball and then get a uh, Get the uh, get the field goal team out there. Uh, you know, I, I always you know think think the best of myself and want to to do any and everything to to help this team win. So you know, I I don't I don't go into games thinking like, okay, this is my breakout moment or this is this is my time. You know, I, I just go out there and execute the plays that are called. And you know, if the ball comes to me, you know, it's my job to make the catch and. Um, you know, I was I was able to do that today, and and uh, got great coaches and, and great teammates around me that have always believed in me, even in my my struggles or my ups and downs in the past few years, and they've uh, they've always they've always had my back, and uh, that's that's the type of support that uh, that I love and that that this team has with one another. In that last series before the end of regulation, what was Zach saying to you guys and the rest of the offense in the huddle before you guys got started? Uh, we. We, we took us back to, to practice in fall camp that was player ran and uh, I remember when we had the player ran practice we were just making the schedule about what we were going to do and one of the periods we wanted was a two minute period and we we thought about the hardest situations that we've been in before so we, we picked four situations and they were all from games last season and they were really difficult you know having to drive 75 yards with only you know a timeout so we felt that you know the the stress we put ourselves under in fall camp was able to prepare us for this moment and to always just keep fighting until the end and knowing how to operate and knowing how to execute under pressure last week's uh post-game press yeah, I, you know, I immediately after this game, I, you know, just was talking to guys around me, and that's kind of something we brought up was that last week, you know, we coming off a hard loss like that, we we put so much time and effort in it, you know, over the off season, over the summer, and it, it was, you know, it was really heartbreaking to to lose like that, but. You know, like I like I said, we have eleven. We still had eleven games to play, and we were going to come out and and just learn from it and continue battling. And that's that's what we did. You know, this week during practice, and the the attention to detail was was fantastic. And these these guys on this team, man, they they want it so bad, and it's 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 a sight to see during practice when with the focus and the and the energy level. What did you think of all the, the fans yeah, in, in the 10BYU fans and they sound like they were kind of taken over in the overtime? How, what was that like? Best fan base in the country, man. You know, every every game's a home game. You know, people say it all the time, but it's it's true. You know, we I was on the bus just, you know, looking at my phone on the way here for the last last couple minutes and uh, I was already seeing things on Twitter and Instagram about a lot of BYU fans tailgating and that was just kind of crazy to me to see so many so many fans already out tailgating and then once we got into the stadium they were already there and uh, that's the type of support that we love and uh, we appreciate Cougar Nation. Uh, it just gives us a lot of confidence, um, a lot of momentum to continue into uh, continue to the next week. You know, it's it's one week at a time, one game at a time. So we're gonna enjoy it to you know tonight, this weekend, and then uh, Monday it's on the USC. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, you know, I my my teammates. Uh, and coaches always had my back and always, you know, knew of my abilities to make plays on the field. So I, I didn't have to really prove anything to, to anyone. You know, this this is a team game, a team effort. And, uh, uh, you know, all, all guys that, that traveled were a part of this win and guys that are, that are still back home in Provo. You know, all the guys that have been training with us and uh, giving us a great look with scout teams. You know, this this is a complete program win. You know, we, we couldn't do it without without those guys. Last question. Uh, what does it mean to play this game, to win a game here in this venue? 
means a lot. You know, these are these are things you dream of. Uh, you know, as, as a kid, of wanting to to play in great stadiums like this, play against great teams. Um, you know, it's one thing I love about you know just about uh, us being independent and being able to travel all across the country to play great teams. So uh, means a lot, and uh, I was excited for this opportunity. And uh, you know, we took the, we took advantage of it. Uh, Tyson set up the game with your roommates. How important has he been? He's been great, man. I, I love Tyson. Uh, you know, I hosted him on his visit here. Um, and then whenever he was able to come, when he committed and was able to come in the summer, you know, I kind of worked out perfectly. All my other friends were getting married so that I lived with. So, so uh, I needed a roommate, and it, and it worked out with, with Ty. And it's, it's been great to have him uh, on this team and to make a difference. There's BYU's Micah Simon now. Here's the quarterback who threw it, Zach Wilson. Take us through the pass to Michael. What would you see? Man, it was one of those plays that, like, like he said, odds odds were against us, and you know, it was one of those things that you know all your reads, all your decision making of what coverage they're in, kind of all goes out the window. It's kind of like you know what, where can I extend a play? I just I just remember seeing everybody dropping and bailing, and <clears throat> safety to my left. Started, started, uh, or safety down the middle to my right, so the boundary started taking off to the field. And I remember thinking, okay, I got a one-on-one matchup with Micah. It's the boundary. Um, you know, sometimes the corner starts to fall off, and 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 right as I had looked over there, I saw the corner uh, start to let let Micah go about 10 to 15 yards down the field. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, what is that dude doing? Why is he Why is he just letting him go? Like, someone has to be on the top. And, you know, so I tried. To, I threw it out there, and Micah made a heck of a catch and made a good move on that guy. We got down there, and you know, I'm so proud of the the old line in that that tough cir- circumstance and the wide receivers to to be able to you know focus up on uh, when 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 times are critical like that. I mean, so much is going on in your head and trying to pay attention to the clock, or you know, we had no timeouts. And I just got tackled in bounds, and we're trying to get set quick, and you know, you really got to make a call at the line fast. And so I'm proud of those guys for just you know sitting in there and, and, and just and just focusing up. On what we had going on. Is there any part of you wondering, okay, Mike, you get down? No, I hadn't. It, it, honestly, I mean, I from where I was standing, I was like, shoot, he looks like he's going to score. I couldn't see if anyone was around him. I figured when he cut back, that um, that someone probably was going to get there. But Mike is a fast dude, and so I was I was pumped how far down the field he got. I remember looking at the clock and thinking. Okay, we got a little bit of time, and so we got to go down there. We got to clock it. We got to, you know, get the field goal going. And so, um, I thought we had a pretty good job of uh, situational awareness right there. And I'm just glad, like, we made a play, man, in, in a tough circumstance where a play honestly shouldn't be made. Any other questions for Zach? Touchdown run. How big was that to watch that? Huge, man. Huge, man. I mean. You know, based on numbers-wise, I probably should have thrown the ball. But, uh, you know, looking at it, I was like, you know what? We got the momentum on our side. This dude's running the ball hard. The old line's, you know, creating a good push. And so I was like, you know what? We, 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 we got down here with a good little trick play, first play. And Tyson made a guy miss on the second one. And so I was like, you know what? Let's give it to him, see what he can do. And, and we had, we just had a good push, man. He stayed on his feet. He was working through making making guys miss tackles. And the old line was just right there keeping him up and pushing him all the way through. I was just so happy to see that. Is it true or? Yeah. Call Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it say about this team to bounce back from last week's tough loss and to win here on the road? Yeah, it was huge, man. Um, you know, I wish we could have just figured it out earlier. I know uh, we had a lot of stalled drives, stuff like that. You know, that always goes back. But, you know, a win's a win. I'm happy uh, we got that done. Um, I think that's huge that we were able to bounce back. I think it was just that, that, that fighting through adversity there at the end. I know a lot of guys were – weren't going to quit, man. I mean, um, heading into that, that last two-minute drive, I remember sitting there and guys were smiling on the sideline. I was smiling, and I'm just like, you know what, shoot, why be nervous? Let's just go do it, man. Like, we got nothing to lose. Like, let's just go figure it out. And so, you know, I'm so happy those guys just had that fight all the way down to the last second. I've asked the other guys this. You know what's really important in the second game, but what can win like this do for this team? Yeah, I mean, it gives us that confidence. And, you know, even though I think we should have done better on offense at times and moved the ball well, had some critical things that stopped us on third downs, I think it just gives us that confidence that, we, you know, we can be a really good team and we have a lot of potential. It's still cleaning up those little things, man. So, um, you know, we have that confidence going into next week. We're excited for USC. Hey, last question for him. And then I'm going to have one defensive player. You guys needed their help because the offense was struggling at times. Yeah, it was huge, man. I mean, they were battling all the way to the end. 
um, they were out there. I'm sure they were tired. There was a lot of long drives, and um, Tennessee was chipping away. And um, those guys just kept battling, man. I mean, especially in the, that second overtime when they held them to a field goal, I just knew. I was like, you know what? That's all we needed right there was to hold them to a field goal. Like we're gonna we're gonna get the ball in the end zone right here. And so, um, you know, I'm so happy those guys just kept fighting it. There's BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Now here's a guy who kicked the field goal to tie the game and barely squeaked it in, Jake Oldroyd. You've been there before. You walk out on the field and it's kind of up to you. The game's in your hand, you know, you know coming up with your leg, depending on your leg with that definitely brings back some familiar feelings from you know a couple of years ago but I love it that's what I live for so happy to be able to be in that position and you know for the trust of my teammates and coaches to have faith in me to, to you know allow me to have that opportunity and just really grateful for the way that everyone else executed to help me you know have an easy job kickers have to have a sense of confidence when they go out to kick where does that come from for you um, for, for me, I think it just comes from, from my preparation. That's the biggest source of confidence that I have. Um, and just trusting in all of the work that I've put in over the last year, the last um, you know, couple of years since I've been here, all of that leads up to moments like this. And I know that I can trust myself to, to execute when it matters most because of that preparation. On that kick, that field goal, that's what you made. What did you see? I think a lot of people wonder if that thing's going to sneak inside. I, I didn't I didn't doubt it. I knew it was inside. Didn't think twice. Gives us a lot of momentum. I think you know, we finally got an outcome that we we deserve. Um, obviously, there are things we can improve going forward to next week, but it, it does give us a lot of momentum and excitement going into you know another home game. Um, and I'm excited. We're all excited for where uh, that momentum is going to take us. All right, there are the BYU players. Now here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Great game, obviously. Happy about the outcome. Um, Tennessee did some really good things. I think we just had some plays go our way and, and uh, made some breaks and, and were able to come out victorious and had uh, a couple more plays than when they did. So um, thankful that it took all, you know, all, uh, all three phases to make this work. And um, just proud of our guys and how resilient they were in this game. So I'll take any questions you guys have for me. What did you see on the side of this pass? Well, I think it was it might have been a broken coverage or because uh, you know, we protected for quite a while and, and um, I know just uh, they, they really did a good job of taking away a lot of the deep throws um, throughout the game and uh, I think Zach just was able to make a throw and trust that Michael would be there and I think it worked out you know um, I'm just glad that they tackled us as early as they did so we can kick the field goal and, and uh, get this game into overtime so I don't know if uh, how close he was to scoring the entire thing but uh, just glad that we were able to get that play done. Like watching Jake come out there, it's been really solid for you all season. But that's a big kick in a pressure environment. Everybody going crazy. Yeah, just, just he's been in that situation before, but he's he's so mentally strong. It's um, you know I, I think that just we trusted him to be on the field. And there's a time that we could have gone for uh, gone for it. We're close in the red zone or so, and on the other side, of the, um, you know we're on the other side of the, of the fifty and. We just felt like if we kicked the field goal, that would get us closer. And, and depending on how we can, if we can stop them on a four-minute situation when they're trying to grind the clock, um, we knew that we'd have to call on him again to make a field goal. Well, I mean, it, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, great, they're going to review this and say that it's not a touchdown. But then I saw the refs running off, so, and they told us that it's going to be confirmed, and I was just proud of those guys. I, I think that was a great way to end the game, have Tyson. Um, you know, he's been, he came from the SEC, and and uh, he's been here before, and so I think it was just nice to have him do that with the O-line. I, it looked like a big old scrum play, you know, from, uh, from the offense, and uh, I thought that was uh, pretty aggressive for our offense to call the reverse you know early and on that on that overtime drive and but uh I just like the fact that our guys executed well I think the key for us was taking care of the football you know and, and um we had some mishaps I think the crowd noise got to us and we were able to practice with the noise in, in, in our indoor but it wasn't anything like what we could what you get out here in Neyland I mean it was 
this just a different feel and you couldn't hear anything and so they were able to with the crowd able to um, you know have an effect on us luckily we were able to jump on the ball but other than that I think we, we were able to rally back and kind of settle down a little bit and then um, execute some plays I mean you have to give them a lot of credit I thought their defensive game plan was really smart and they were aggressive in some points and they, they uh, you know they were able to run the ball on offense and something that we have to be able to control but um, you know we, we were our run fits weren't fit, weren't doing well and they're making some good blocks on us too but I think we made it a little easier on them but um, and then the running back broke some tackles and that was that was it's just hard to play um, you know to play error free against these guys with the athleticism and the size that they have and uh, I just uh, I think we're fortunate to come out with the win what was what the message to, the to do what he did after not a real great regulation what, what was that what enabled Zach to kind of get it together there you know, I think it got a little quiet for him. I mean, to be honest with you, it wasn't as, um, you know, we, I think he was able to settle down a little bit. And, and um, I don't know, it just, it just seemed like he was a little bit more under control and more poised, you know. And uh, I think it can just trouble. I think I think for him, just trusting the line to block for him. Um, it's hard when, when they're coming at you. They had some really good um, pressure packages, too. So, um but uh, I just, I'm just thankful that we were able to keep them balanced and run the ball a little bit. We didn't run the ball very well in the first half. In the second half, we established some type of run game to keep them guessing a little bit. And, and, and uh, so they weren't just focused on just coming after us in a pass rush or a blitz package. For how well they ran the ball, Coach, it seemed like late in the game things clicked or something. What was the difference there with the, with the front seven or eight that you guys were able to penetrate the offensive line and, and meet those guys at the line or behind the line? Well, I mean, we, we used a bunch of different guys to keep fresh, you know, and um, I think the, uh, they were able to really grind us in the run game and block us. And, and it wasn't just the tight ends and the whole line. The, the receivers are doing a good job of blocking on the line of scrimmage. Um, and they did a lot of things to, to keep us, um, you know, off balance. I thought they were able to uh, use some of the, the quick pass game. Um, it was... It got to the point where we felt like we were just going to make it really hard on them to score. And, and defensively, I just thought our guys played really well. It wasn't like we were being over-aggressive. We were just making them earn everything, you know. And um, looking at, at what we did on, on the defensive side, I'm glad we were going to get the stops. And uh, our guys just keep playing, man. And I, I consider those stops as, as a turnovers, you know. It was frustrating after the first touchdown because, like, man, we fourth down, we tipped the pass and they caught it. Um, but, you know, we had a good talk with Kavika. He was right there in this position and got the pick in the second half so uh, we just keep plugging away and and, um, and stay positive and you know, in, in the overtime period our guys are having fun man our guys are smiling and having a good time and enjoying the game and that's what it's all about What's the significance of this win for your program? Oh, it's just huge. I mean, I, I, we, we obviously look at the schedule, and we, we know games that we want to win and want to perform well. I don't think our guys are really proud of what they did last week, but we talked about getting over that feeling. The best way to do it is to play the next week and prepare for it. And, you know, we um, came in Friday last week and started working on Tennessee and got a good jump start on it. And I'm glad that we, our guys came with a, a sound mind and getting ready for the game, and they're aggressive in, in uh, preparing for it. So um, our players, like, our coaches and our players worked extremely hard. I was really pleased with how our coaches put the game plan together in all three phases and how our guys executed. We talked a little bit about that last week to execute better and, and minimize the mistakes. It wasn't an error-free game. We made tons of mistakes still, but uh, when you have guys that just work hard and their effort is all there, we can still build. We can still build on that and, and uh, find ways to make plays in the second half and in, the, in you know afterwards in, when we weren't doing so well in the beginning. Ironically, uh, Simon was listed as a game time starter. Was given him or Romney. Why did you go with Simon? I think the guys just rotated quite a bit to stay fresh, and uh, I think it was just his time to be on, in the, on the play. You know, I, um, a lot of the guys rotated, and our, our offensive coaching staff did a great job keeping guys fresh and, and playing a lot of different bodies. So you saw you saw Tyson, but you also saw Lopini play. You saw um, um, Soup run the ball too. So yeah. Go ahead. Coach Jeremy Pruitt in his press conference just now said you guys willed yourself at the end. Yeah to win that game and that push was as crazy the push he's ever seen. Talk about the will the willing your team at the end there and how much different it felt then versus other parts of the game. Well we have great kids and it's their parents that raised them the way that they are. 
I am fortunate to be their coach because they come with this resilient attitude to work hard. Uh, they get over losses really quickly because they want to learn, and they get over wins really quickly. We're going to have fun with this on the flight, but um, we're going to get back to work, you know. And uh, I, it's, I wish I could take credit for it, but these guys have great families and upbringing, and those that have that don't have the same family um, environment, they found it in our in our team because our players, the big brothers like Micah and others, were there to really um, take care of them and, and nurture them in a football environment and, and be part of the family. So it's it's uh, these guys; they, they deserve it. The players deserve it, and I'm glad the coaches and myself were able to benefit from it. How satisfying was it in the second half to see guys like Kyrus, JJ getting that push up front and starting to close their will? Yeah, you started to feel like they were getting stronger and stronger, and this is what we worked all hard. You know, we worked all offseason. Everybody does that, but um, just like our guys' mentality, they're they're tired, but they're having fun, man. They're just playing the game, and, and it was it was cool just to have these guys smiling, enjoying it, and even times where it was really stressful, their guys are just having a good time. I mean, we, we had to make some big plays to win, but I, I just I'm thankful that I have guys that, that are resilient and love playing the game, and they're great representatives of their families on the field. Okay, Oh, we're one and one. We just we got to get ready for USC next week and and uh, get them at home. So um, our guys are excited to go get a home win and and uh, prep for that game. So this is it's it's the season, you know. Um, we've had big games and big wins before and haven't really learned from it. I, I think the best thing that came out of this is we came out pretty healthy. Um, and so we, that's the key. Last week we came out of that game pretty healthy and our guys are conditioning and they're, them taking care of their bodies is starting to really pay off in the, in the health of our team. I'll put you on the Micah knows I love him. I love him. He's been an amazing leader for this team. He and the other guys, you know, we, we uh, um, gave them a lot of ownership and, and a lot of decision making and in, 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 in getting this program going. And the culture is thriving right now because of these players and how much they bought into their purpose here at BYU. And uh, just an honor for me to coach these guys and guys like Micah. Did you bust out the dance moves? But he knows that. Micah knows that. I didn't dance very well. My ankle's kind of busted yeah, up right now, but it's worth question. it. Yeah. You talk about living in the moment. How how do you let yourself enjoy these moments when you know you're out there singing with the guys or dancing in the locker room? Well, I'm gonna have fun with it. I mean, I I possibly hurt my ankle, but I don't even care about that. It's just like a, I'm not trying to fish for Before toughness you. compliments or anything. No, I just I just felt like. Uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> but I mean, we're, we're listen. We're, this is football. I want these guys to have fun with it. We're going to enjoy it. But um, you know, soon we're going to have to just learn from the mistakes and move on to the next week. And and we've been in a position where we've won and hadn't been able to capitalize on it. A lot of it had to do with health. Uh, speaking about last year with the Wisconsin win, you know, so this year with this Tennessee win, this is something that we've got to be able to work on and, and make sure that we're ready for the rest of the season, specifically the, the home game against USC. All right, DJ and PK brought to you in part by Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details. More with DJ and PK here in just a minute, right here on the Zone Sports Network.